finished your uh, Ghostbusters outfit yet? I'm like 90%. Um, Wiring wiring the thrower is a little painstaking because it's a really small area that you have to fit everything into. Yeah. And so I bought a kit that comes with all the stuff, but like to get, it's got a bunch of lights that sit on the outside of the wand with these little caps on them. And because not all 3d print files are built the same, I had to modify the wand after the print um, Mm -hmm. so that everything would fit. Okay. And so getting it all to fit and stay together while I actually hook wires together has been a challenge, but. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Battening down the hatches for a potential hurricane this week. <laughs> yeah. You uh, did you bring everything inside? Not yet. No. You gonna, <laughs> gonna wait till the last minute? Yeah. You see, know, see if it actually happens. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. It is Florida. It is. It's that time of the year. You guys haven't been hit by a hurricane in a while, though. No, we haven't. So maybe we're due. Nah. Yeah. If anybody's due. <laughs> but I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you'll be okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Thoughts and prayers. The uh, the meteorologist that I follow up here in Charleston is very like matter of factly like why are you guys listening to people that aren't meteorologists stop fucking listening to these stupid people and listen to me <laughs> and he's never been wrong i will say like like he follows the forecasts and he says look this is what this is telling me if if it's going to be time to panic i will let you know but don't just go out and like buy milk and bread now just wait just right. fucking wait until I tell you. And he's always, he's always, his judgment has always been good. So he's saying that it's going to stay off the coast of Florida until it gets to the panhandle. So you guys may get some rain and wind, but you're not going to be like hit by a hurricane. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll probably start affecting us like Wednesday morning, I would think. Yeah. As it gets closer to, uh, like Tampa, but yeah. But now it's not making landfall until Friday. Yeah, and it's way so, north of where you are because originally it was going to come into Tampa and like up the I four corridor, mm-hmm. and like be a major hurricane. I was like, oh, okay, I know a lot of people down there. Yeah, this is gonna suck. And then gradually, as each day has passed, it's gotten better. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, it stays that way. Me too. I got my water. I got some cold cuts and bread. <laughs> All set. 
did you charge up my two uh two batteries did you like um what, did you go out and buy stuff specifically for it and like no 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 okay just wondering how the stores were if they were like already oh they're not i got groceries this morning oh okay it's not stupid yet <laughs> oh okay Whatever, 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 you know, is the easiest. That's right. <laughs> well, I believe if I think it's not going to hit us, then, you know, <laughs> I'm all set. Oh, there you go. Because that seems to work for so many things. <laughs> I mean, that's really just a sign of mental illness, right? Is it? Oh, good. The, the, the whole, like, well, I said it in my head, so it must be true. Hmm. True. I really feel like, you know, that's showing that's showing just how unstable some people are. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you gonna do? Hopefully this keeps people out of office and shit like that. Oh, we can only hope. <laughs> only hope. Yeah. So what's been going on? You screamed at anybody in a grocery store lately no no oh no in in the car i scream oh, people the all the time yeah but not in a grocery store why did i do that recently somewhere did somebody no me you've, done it, you've done it several times before oh, so yeah i figured know. you know again we'll <laughs> too <laughs> look um I'm, I'm i am who i am i'm not gonna make excuses for it well good for you i let my you know i let my temper get the better of me at times what are you gonna do hey you're only human <laughs> maybe what if i'm an alien no you're not an alien how do you know because you'd be long gone by now <laughs> what are you hanging around for what if i've been stranded Oh. What if it, like Earth is like the Australia of the solar system? What so if, all the all the, the scum of the Earth are sent to Flo to the U.S. to but, Florida. To so like I'm I'm or like just an, to the Earth. Just to the Earth. I'm an I'm an international like you know criminal, or or uh, not international and an inter galactic an, an intergalactic criminal, and I've been sent here for my penance. Because really, what other shithole would you send somebody to to do time in? Uh, there are a few others. <laughs> there are a few others. Okay. Just saying. Well. No, I've just been... I've, I've, last week was a really busy week at work. And so after I got through that without killing anybody, um, I've just kind of been working on some shit here for like Halloween coming up and then um, watching some shows, some new shows that have been out. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been watching? Um, I watched the first three episodes of Andor. Yes. The new star Wars show. I like it. Yeah. It's different from the others. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Have you seen it's all three so episodes? It's so different from the others. Of course. So it's, it doesn't feel like Star Wars, which I'm okay with. 
Um, I like some of the choices that they've made, like the idea that they're going to show flashbacks of a different planet and not subtitle anything. Mm -hmm. Like I, I I had to stop and like check the settings on the TV of like, are we supposed to be seeing subtitles? Right. And, but uh, appreciating the fact that they're like, well, the audience can get what's going on from the inference of what the tone is. Um, I'm I'm fine with some things like the Scottish accented yeah. people because that <laughs> that harkens back to the original Star Wars and I sure. get that. The couple things that have bothered me about the show is in episode 3 they give directions of like the north team and the east team mm-hmm. and that's all a really like earthbound idea yeah and so that kind of pulled me out of it a little bit and then one of the scottish guys says the word shit i yeah i did see that and i was like that's not star wars like there would be another term dang ferric or whatever the fuck they say on (laughs) the mandalorian they wouldn't say shit and so uh-huh. that's the only thing that I've seen that I've really been like, mm, okay, this d- doesn't really feel like Star Wars. But I think it's okay. I really do. I think I think that the show is good enough on its own to where, yeah, it's Star Wars characters, but I'm willing to give it a little leeway for, you know, being different. Right. Well, this is the I think this is the first Star Wars project to show hookers. Yes, I mean it opens in a brothel, so and when he's walking down the street and there are these you know, in there the are people in the windows. <laughs> yeah, it's just like being in Amsterdam. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a different side of Star Wars. It very much feels like there was there was that rumored Star Wars show a long time ago. Underworld. Underworld that yes. was going to show the the gritty side of Coruscant. And that it feels like they've taken some cues from that. And like every show has tried to show like more and more gritty down, not down to earth, but like grounded what it would actually be like to be somebody without power on one of these planets. Right. And... <laughs> You know, I I can because there would be this all kinds of stuff that we haven't seen before. Right. And so, you know, that's that's fine. I'm one of the problems that I had in the trailer and we haven't seen it yet. So it's got to be coming up is that there's a dude in one of the trailer shots holding an AK-47. And it's real like they didn't really try to hide it as a blaster. Right. And so I was like, well, that's a little strange. Like, that's a weird thing to try to put into a Star Wars show. But it seems like they're trying to toe that line between like, here's some Star Wars, but here's some like shit mixed into it. So I I like it so far. I I like that the first three episodes were kind of like a mini arc, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm, I'm assuming that's why they released all three at the same time. Um, but I do, I, I like it. I don't know where it sits yet 
in the Star Wars shows for me. Um, I'm going to have to kind of wait for the rest of the episodes to come out to kind of see. Um, but I like it so far. And as long as they keep going down this path and I kind of feel like it's going to get more Star Wars from here on out. Yeah. Because we're not going to be like on that planet where his ex-girlfriend is and um, Mrs. Dursley is. Yes. And like her trying to give him advice and stuff and he'll be kind of on his own. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it turns kind of more Star Wars into what we know. Um, yeah, the, the, the opening of it felt very Blade Runner. Yes. You know, the rain and the neon and. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I like it so far, but I've liked everything they've come out with so far. So, you know, I mean, I I guess I'm easy. I definitely feel like the third episode is probably the best of the three. Mm-hmm. I liked, I really liked the, the gun battle that they had, um, in that, whatever it was with the things hanging from the ceiling and right. then being able to use that to their advantage to get out. And then the thing with the speeder, the, the door opened and the speeder came out and I, I turned to my kid and I was like, they're not in there. And she was like, how do you know? I was like, it's too, too easy. And so when it blew up and then they came out and the other one, I was like, see, so it's, it, you know, it's formulaic, but that's what star Wars is. So I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's doing the job. It's not going to be high art. No, but I mean, again, there's, they're showing you every penny spent on screen. Yes. Yeah, and these guys didn't really use the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, most of those, uh, most of those locations are practical. Right. Um, it did feel. I don't. I don't. You probably didn't play the video game, but the uh, Fallen Jedi. Right. Um, when that opens, they're on a planet that they're they're the sole purpose of the planet is cutting apart. Republic ships for the empire. And I, I thought that maybe we'd get like a, a quick cameo from that, the lead character of that. Um, but apparently there's more than one of those planets. So, Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a good show. It's, I think, it's just different from everything that we've seen, which is, which is not a bad thing. You know, there's, right. there's not fucking scooter gangs and things that are really out of place. And at least we're <laughs> not on Tatooine. Like, sure. For once we're not on Tatooine. So I'm okay with it. Who knows if in the future they'll end up on Tatooine. Uh, I could only maybe, imagine. maybe vacation on Scarif. <laughs> and then he comes back later and he's like, hey. Deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well done. 
Well done. I watched something very brand new. Oh, what'd you watch? Uh, reboot. Okay. It's about rebooting an 80s sitcom. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Carrie Kenny from uh, uh, Reno 911. Um, and um, oh, what's her name? The, the woman who, who started and wrote Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Rachel Bloom. Oh, okay. Um, Paul Reiser's in it. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I have not found anything to be hilarious. Okay. But I, 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 I see what it's doing. It's kind of poking fun at all of these reboots we've had. Everything from Fuller House to the Connors to, you know, all that shit. Right. Where they try to update it. Okay. And um, it, it's interesting what they're doing. I think it's funny that the, the, uh, the sitcom set used to be the set for Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. I mean, there's things like, so it's, it's a family thing, you know, a family sitcom kind of growing pains, whatever, but it's the reboot. So like everybody's older. So the kid who, the guy who played the son, who's now in his twenties, nobody's recognizing. They're thinking that, oh, he's the guy who's here to take the food order or, you know, he's the intern. Um, and his mother's Carrie Kenny, who still accompanies him to set. Oh, Okay. Which is weird. Um, um, yeah, there have been three episodes. Um, Johnny Knoxville is in it too. Oh, okay. Which is kind of odd. Um, I think the, f- the funniest thing is so Rachel Bloom is the character who's the new showrunner, who's also the daughter of the original creator Paul Reiser but he denied her existence for many many years oh <laughs> so there's like that tension and since he still owns the rights he shows up and tries to take over she's hiring you know some new woke young writing talent but he brings in these three old Jews <laughs> from the old days <laughs> which is very funny um because, you know, Jews are the foundation of comedy. Of course. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Carrie Kenny ends up having an affair with Johnny Knoxville. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, they're trying to convince her to, like, not show up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it's kind of creepy that his mommy is here. Um, <laughs> be worth checking out. Okay. Maybe it'll get funnier. Maybe it'll get darker. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It's, you know, it's worth a shot. Okay. And that's on what channel? Uh, is it Hulu or Netflix? It's on, okay. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, I also watched the worst movie ever made. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Um, Battlefield Earth? Oh, no, 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 no. This is brand new. Hot off the presses. Oh. We've discussed it. Oh, have we? Uh-huh. Oh, what'd you see? The Munsters. Is that out yet? It is unfucking watchable really yes it's a origin story right of of how lily met herman yeah and there's some amusing things in it it's like she's on a blind date with count orlock from nosferatu right (laughs) um but it's i mean she's horrible the guy playing herman's horrible grandpa's passable but even the cameos, um, Cassandra Peterson, known for Elvira, is in it as a real estate agent. Right. And you see her in full-on green witch makeup. And that's pretty much how she remains for her little bit. Oh. Um, it's really bad. It's so bad. Where, where, where is it? Uh, where did I don't you know. see it? On my computer. Oh. <laughs> you just happen to come across it? I just happen to come across it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's so bad. It's like I tried to get through the first 15 minutes and I'm like, all right, this is going nowhere. So then I just started fast forwarding through it. <laughs> and the whole beginning of it is kind of a young Frankenstein ripoff. Where this mad scientist is going around with uh, Hurley from Lost, plays his oh. assistant. Okay. Um, stealing body parts to make the perfect man. And uh, in this town, two brothers have died. One was the town idiot and one was the town genius. <laughs> so he's like, I want, I want this particular brain. But he ends up bringing him the idiot's brain. And then you get Herman. Of course. Um, uh, the cousin werewolf was in it. Uh, you see, uh, was it Zombo? Uh Very briefly. Um, oh, it's just horrible. It's horrible. So, I mean, you were watching on your computer, so maybe you don't, maybe this isn't the right thing to ask, but like, there was a lot of criticism in the trailer of like it sounding like shit. Uh, I would agree with that. So it doesn't sound like it was produced. No. Like like any kind of post production on the audio. Yeah. Wow. Uh, apparently, it's releasing on the twenty seventh. Yeah, I'm just looking at. So this. I don't know how I I got it early. I'm looking at the site where I watch some stuff, and it's on there. So yeah. I'll, I may have to take a gander to see just how bad it is. Oh, it's, I mean, it, yeah, he rebuilt the house. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one of the things is there was so much promise at the beginning of this. Yes. That this was a dude that loved horror films and loved the monsters and he was recreating everything. And it was going to be like the love letter to the Munsters. And then that first trailer came out and everybody was like, you might want to rewrite that letter. Yep. And if it, if it's not even any better than that. 
right. Uh, yeah, it's 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 horrible. It it ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking forward to it, and you you were even like when we discussed that trailer, you you were like, "I'm reserving judgment, man." Like, I'm gonna wait to see what it's like because it's just a trailer, and apparently that's not it. Yeah, well, judgment has been rendered. <laughs> so when when the movie opens, does it give you kind of like a year? Like like is this happening? <sighs> A while ago, because in the in the TV show, they were married for like a hundred years. It's hard to tell because they're all, you know, it's very, like I said, young Frankenstein looking. Okay. So when they move to California, it happens to be on Halloween. Ah. And when they move to Mockingbird Lane, they see all these people in costume and they're all excited. And then the next day they kind of freak out because, you know, they all look normal. Were they always, was it always set in California? Was the TV show set in California? I, I don't know if it was ever. It was, it never mentioned. Yeah. Uh, where did the take place? It's not specified in the series. But in other later versions of it, it's outside L.A. Okay. It's the fictional city of Mockingbird Heights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Watch at your own risk. I mean, I, I kind of just want to see how bad it is. Yeah. But it's not even like a... Like a, a car accident you don't want to keep watching it do they do they because they show it in the trailer a bunch do they redo the opening uh no unless i skipped through it (laughs) (laughs) oh okay wow so weird yeah i didn't realize the monsters was only two two seasons Only two? Yeah, but season one was 38 episodes and season two was 32 episodes. Oh, that's why. Holy shit. Imagine doing 38 episodes in a season. Wow. I mean, good for them because they were working all the time, but Jesus. Right. Poor Fred Gwynn having to get that makeup on every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Wow. Okay, well, I, I know what I'm going to do later. <laughs> I'm going to make some popcorn and and fucking roast this thing. Uh, it, if you get through actually the entire movie, I will be surprised. <laughs> I mean, it's 109 minutes, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that... Yeah, well, I, I have turned off some shit recently where I was just like, nah, I can't watch this anymore. So I guess we'll see. Right. <laughs> I watched something new this week. You did? On HBO, there is a series called Avenue 5. I've... S- with uh, House? Yes. So it's... it's uh, Hugh Laurie is the captain of this space cruise ship. Um, 
and it is run by this company called Judd and Judd is the owner Judd is played by Josh Gad. So you have to kind of yes. get through that. Yeah. Um, Cause he's such a great actor and it's him in a yellow wig or in a, in a blonde wig. And he's supposed to be like this Elon Musk type where he's kind of stupid, but he's got all <laughs> this money and hijinks ensue. And I, with, besides Josh Gad, it's kind of an enjoyable TV show. Okay. Um, cause there's kind of a couple of storylines happening at the same time where, um, things are going on on the ship and then the, the company on earth is trying to help the ship, um, because they've been knocked off course. Right. And so they're like, they're the company decides that they're going to play up the idea of like, like the public visual for the Avenue five spaceship. And they turn the camera on and it's like five people. And so that they hire a bunch of actors to, to go out and be the, um, the vigil. And like, there's a, there's a weird thing that happens with the crew. And that's like the, the, the actual like, um, reveal of that is pretty funny. And, and there's, there's like genuine moments of comedy in this where I'm like, all right, that's pretty fucking funny. Okay. Um, I don't want to give too much away in case you want to watch it, but I, I do want to watch it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's worth watching if you can get past Josh Gad. Okay. You know, when he's not, when he's not accepting Disney awards. Yeah. Uh, you want to feel really old? Uh, no, but go ahead. Ginger from Gilligan's Island Yeah Is 86 this year Wow She's the only She's like it She's the remaining member right Yeah I think so Everybody else is dead Yeah That's because she didn't do rescue from Gilligan's Island Yes but she didn't do much else either (laughs) That's what she That's what happens when you want You know money I guess <laughs> they did it to Suzanne Summers. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I I uh, I do think that Avenue Five is probably worth watching. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um. I finally watched Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah. It was total fan service. Yes. Um, um, it was a very satisfying movie. It it is. It's one of one of the things that I really enjoyed about it is the fact that it's not just the first film with new pilots there is a reason he's there and there is a reason why and it's not just them in this fighter pilot school right that they're training for a specific mission and they need maverick for it and blah 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 and um it's 
surprisingly rewatchable. Yeah. Um, it really is. It's really one of those things where it's like, wow, okay. There are scenes in this that I could watch over and over and over. And I don't know if it's just the planes or whatever. I mean, it's not Tom Cruise, so no. Um, but it's done. It's done exceedingly well. Like all the visual effects are really solid. And, um, while they did put the actors in the backseat of a, of a F 18, um, there's a whole lot of visual effects that go into making them look like they're flying. Mm -hmm. And so I also appreciated that, but yeah, the flight sequences were stunning. Yeah. Just stunning. Um, and there was enough nostalgia in it that was just hit the right notes you know, Rooster playing piano in the bar. Uh, yeah. The the instead of the volleyball game, we got them playing football. football yeah. Um, but it wasn't overdone. No, it was it was just enough to be like, hey, remember the first movie? Yeah. Like this has happened before. And like the girl Penny is supposed to be the one that they talk about in the first movie. Um. And, you know, they slip in um, Val Kilmer into it. Yeah. And they handle him very well for him not being able to talk. Right. And so, you know, it's it's handled it's handled very maturely for a Top Gun movie. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting to see that it's it, that's how they've kind of went and like this is what we're gonna do with this and um yeah I I really liked it more than I thought I would um I'm always a sucker for like air airplane movies and like military stuff right um you know growing up Iron Eagle and Top Gun and a bunch of those types of movies were like what you watched on a Saturday afternoon. So right. um, seeing this now with the new technology and knowing that they're really in the planes and stuff is very cool. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of like real glaring, like visual effects moments in it. Yeah. There's, you know, there, there's a couple of like shots where you're like, Oh, that's, those are totally like CG planes, but I will give it to this, the sequence at the end. And do we spoil the, the end? Does it matter? It's been out for a while. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So there are no more flying F 14s in the world. Right. Um, so every single shot of the F 14 is CGI. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't know it watching this movie. No, it, it is so, so well convincing that, and that the, when they are in the F 14s are fighting the fifth gen fighters, there's only like four of those planes in the air. Um, and they're Russian and the Russians can't keep them, uh, maintained enough to fly. So none of those exist for filming. So mm -hmm. you have a dogfight between three of these jets and an F-14 that looks photorealistic. 
Right. And it's like, holy shit. Like that's, that's fucking amazing that they were able to like pull that level off. Mm -hmm. Um, granted they hadn't like an extra year to play with everything. Right. So would it have looked worse if it had been released when it was supposed to? I don't know. But what was released is spectacular in some of those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and and some some of the some of the shots um of some of the maneuvers that the planes are doing. Um there is a uh a YouTube channel of a guy that was a fighter pilot that watched um Top Gun Maverick and then kind of gave his thoughts on it of like, this is real. This is not, this is how this would go. This is how it wouldn't. And there is a literal scene where they're doing, they're doing the training exercises where Maverick's going up against all the new pilots Mm -hmm. and shooting them down. Like in the, in the war game exercise. And there's a scene where one of the planes rolls in the formation. Yes. And he, he's watching it and he goes, wait a minute. And he backs up and he goes, that's reversed. He goes, you would never come into a situation where the, where the plane rolls in like that. You would Mm -hmm. roll out from there. And so the filmmakers were like, we need a jet there, but we don't have any that are just sitting there, but we have this one where it rolls out. So we'll just reverse that and roll it back in. And if you don't know it, you'd never, you'd, it would never like catch you off guard. Right. But, you know, there's things like that. I mean, I think that director, um, Joe, oh, what's his last name? Cole Kaminsky? The fuck is his last name? Um, he's the guy that did, um, uh, I think his first movie was Tron Legacy. Okay. Um, Joseph Kaczynski. Um, he did Oblivion. He did uh, Tron Legacy. Um, oh, what else? He did. He did a movie called Only the Brave that was in IMAX. Um, he did a video short for Taco Bell called Web of Fries. And then he did Top Gun and he did a movie that's on Netflix called Spiderhead with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Um, He's a really good director. I really like him. Most of the things that I've seen, I I, I don't know if I've ever seen the top, the the Taco Bell thing, but Tron oblivion and Top Gun are really good movies. So I'm, I, I like what he does. I like him more than, I don't want to say I like him better than Dennis Villeneuve, but I think he's got a better eye for action. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Uh, We lost a legend this week. Who did we lose? Nurse Ratchet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Louise Fletcher, 88, Oscar winner for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. Yep. And and I will I will tell you that um I did not know she was Nurse Ratchet 
for a very long time. My exposure to her was Deep Space Nine. I was just going to say Deep Space Nine. She was in Deep Space Nine for a huge chunk of that. So yep. um, that's how I knew her. And it wasn't until rewatching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that I was like, holy shit. That's the chick from, you know, from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, I mean, 88's a good haul. It is a good run. It was a good run. Yeah. Both of her parents were deaf. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, you learn something every time you listen to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did I did see that this, this week and So sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to go, right? Right. I mean, did she die of something horrible or was it just no, delayed? No, died in her sleep. Oh, that's the way you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I haven't seen that in a while. Classic filmmaking. It is. And not a happy ending. <laughs> I won't spoil that because this is a movie worth watching. Yeah. Um, had a new She-Hulk. Yes, we did. Um, it was funny. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they don't really know. I I feel like there's a plan for She-Hulk for the later episodes and they have to do some filler to get there. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure people will say that like, Oh, this, this is, um, building on her relationship with Titania and all this shit. But I mean, the, the literal fourth wall break this week was a bottle episode. And it was like, oh, okay, we're five episodes in or whatever, and this is what we're doing? Yeah. Um, I still like the fact that they're dealing with, like, some minor supervillains. Oh, you like know? Mr. Eternity? Mr. Immortal? Mr. Yep. Immortal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the scene where he, like, jumps out of the lawyer's <laughs> office, lands on the car, gets yep. up, cracks his neck. <laughs> Um, and Titania is more of a pain in the ass than a villain so far. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a secret villain that's coming, I guess. Wilton Fisk. Well, no, I think it's, I think it's. Modoc. Um, oh, what's his name? They teased him in the. Edward Norton Hulk. Hulk movie. The leader? The leader. I think that's who King Hulk is or whoever is that little tease was towards the end of the episode. Mm, okay. Um, because they've been talking about bringing that guy back forever. And Marvel has made it their mission to kind of pay off all that stuff in the TV shows. 
Sure. So now that we have, I like that. Yeah, and now that we have a Hulk TV show, I think that's what they're gonna do. I think with Bruce out uh, off the planet, they're gonna be like, "Hey, let's bring the leader back, and he'll go after She Hulk instead of the regular Hulk." Right. But we still don't have Daredevil, so. Yep. And I really thought when she was going out of town, I was like, oh, she's going to go to a wedding in New York. She's just going to happen to bump into Daredevil, but nope. Mm, nope. Nope, she's just going to keep doing what she's doing, so. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any... Uh, no, I don't see anything that really gives an idea of who the, the bad guy is. No? No. How many episodes is this? Because this was, what, five? Five, and there's a, there's a total of nine. Okay. Well, maybe the last four are going to be, uh, you know. No, this was six. Oh, there's only three left. There's only three left. Oh. So, we'll see if they can knock this one out of the park. The ratings are not so stellar for She-Hulk, so we'll see whether or not it gets another season. Yeah, I mean, I... I just enjoy the fact that Marvel is doing some of these esoteric characters and paying them off. Yep. That, you know, like Moon Knight. Like, I hope Moon Knight comes back because that was such an interesting story dealing with the schizophrenia and Oscar Isaac was amazing, so he's probably too busy, but... <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and they set it up... The, the weird thing is that they set up that for a for a sequel right like the post credits for for moon knight is like oh this is a character that's going to come back and then they're like yeah well we don't know mm. and that's like oh that's a weird thing to do but okay yeah and i don't oh. know whether or not their their whole thing is like they're trying to put TV shows out of characters that they can then roll into movies. I don't know how you roll Moon Knight into like the Avengers. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Thor Love and Thunder kind of explores the idea of other gods. So, right. Maybe they could work that in somehow with Moon Knight. Um, since that would be the Egyptian gods, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's not like Disney's not being tight-lipped about everything, though. Yeah. I mean, I thought a T23 would get more of a an idea of what was going to happen, but you know, Disney only wants to tell you what they want you to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. They want to milk it. <laughs> I guess. 
you watch the Lord of the Rings? I did. I just watched it today. Okay. Um, it's getting juicy. Yes. Yes. I finally feel like we're moving. We're moving the needle of yes. Of now we're going to um. Uh, now we're going to really start to pay off the story. Mm-hmm. Like answers are finally coming. Right. And I kind of like how I it I thought it was very bizarre that it opened as a musical. <laughs> uh, and then even the orcs had their song. Yeah. It's like, okay, um, bold choice. Well, did you ever think you'd see a Lord of the Rings musical? Yes. Oh, okay. I've seen two. Have you? Oh, yes. yes, that's right. The Beatles did one, didn't they? No. Didn't the Beatles do a, a Hobbit one? I don't think so. Beatles. <laughs> Hobbit. Oh, they were denied making a Lord of the Rings musical by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm, okay. That's what I remembered. Okay. So what were the two you've seen? Uh, there is one uh, called The Fellowship of the Ring. Or no, it's called Fellowship. Okay. In which a bunch of people I worked with Actually, we're in in California, and it's on on uh, YouTube. Oh. <laughs> and then there was like a full scale Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't know that it ever came to Broadway. Stand by. <laughs> Uh, that was been 11 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, it was in London. Oh, okay. Um, but it was very beautiful. Okay. Well, never mind. So then the, the musical numbers were great, right? Yeah, they're lovely. <laughs> it just goes back and reminds me of the old Rankin Bass uh, Tolkien animated movies. Yeah. They did Return of the King. They did The Hobbit. And they were, you know, in the same vein as Santa Claus is Coming to Town, where, you know, they all have musical numbers. I remember one of them, the orcs have a big song call where there's a whip, there's a way. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there were, there are songs in the books. Yes. Like there are written out songs in the books, so they're just trying to, I guess, stay true to that. I guess. And there, Pippin sings a song in Return of the King. He does? Yeah. As the dude's eating the, the tomatoes and it's all like popping out of his mouth. Don't remember. No, you don't remember that? Nope. Okay. Nope. I did like um the scene where where Doran's eating dinner with the elves. 
Yes. And he he makes a comment about the table. Yes. And so they give him the table, and and he's like, "You don't, you didn't really mean that about that being like valuable, right?" And he's like, "No, no, my <laughs> wife just wanted a new table." I'm like, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of good things in that, in that show. Yeah. And now we're getting to a point where. Um, you know, it's probably going to, uh, you know, get better, mm-hmm. I would hope. Um, Gandalf the Grey is looking to be kind of uh, a shoe-in for the mysterious stranger at the Brownfoots. It definitely seems that way. That definitely seems like it's Gandalf. Yeah. Still don't know who Adar is? Adar? Yeah, and... There's also I read something too that um um the dude that's traveling with Galadriel, the dude that Hallbrand? Yeah. Could very well be Sauron. Oh, really? Because in disguise? Yeah, because I guess in the book that it's taken from there is a section that talks about the time that that island captured Sauron. Okay. And um, he manipulated them into letting them be what him to be one of them for a while. And in this episode, he's making swords for them. Okay. So very much like think of the implications to Galadriel if she is traveling with her enemy and spilling all of this shit about her plans and stuff to him. Like that would be huge for her character arc. Mm. So whether he's in disguise or not, I don't know, but you know, I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that we're going to have to keep an eye on. <laughs> I mean, it's, Very it's definitely a, an, an amazing time for being a nerd. We say that all the time. I know, but like, I, I couldn't imagine as a kid, all of this stuff happening. Like if you had told like, you know, 15 year old Chris who took shit in high school for wearing Star Trek shirts mm-hmm. that one day nerds would be at the forefront of everything. I'd be like, right. fuck you. No, it's not. But it seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, I'd watch one more new show. What'd you watch? Monarch. Monarch. The country. The country music show, I think it's on CW or Fox or something, with Susan Sarandon and Trace Atkins. Ugh, okay. Um, it is full-on Dynasty in Dallas. Really? It, it is just, it is the same kind of drama. They're, they're a country music family. Um, the mother is Susan Sarandon. She's getting like a lifetime achievement award. And then it's revealed that she's dying of cancer. 
Trace Atkins is her husband who hasn't had a hit in years. She's got two sons and two daughters. One's a lesbian with an amazing voice. One daughter is kind of the heir to the throne. Okay. Sort of reluctantly. And then she's got two sons. One's her, her manager. And uh, I'm not sure what the other guy does. Um, but in the first episode, she convinces her daughter to help her die after the award show. Okay. And I, I, I mean, it's, it's very much those, those primetime soaps of the eighties. Oh, wow. Uh, you get to you, the daughter goes to her bedroom and she's sitting in bed and a nice negligee and she's drunk off her ass. <laughs> and she asks her makeup guy to come and touch her up one more time. And, um, the daughter eventually helps her die, gives her a bunch of pills, which is, I don't know why she didn't just take them herself. Um, and, you know, the usual family drama erupts from that. And then in the second episode, it's her memorial, which she has staged before she's, before, she, while she was dying. Okay. So she had planned everything, kind of like Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> and at one point, her sister is on stage singing and behind her, Susan Sarandon appears as a hologram <laughs> and upstages her one last time. Nice. It, I mean, it's everybody's chewing scenery. So Susan Sarandon isn't in the in the whole show. Well, she's in the first two episodes. Okay. I'm sure she's an influence throughout the rest. Okay. Um. But yeah, because I used to love Dallas. Yeah. Even like even liked the reboot of Dallas. Um who shot JR, I was all the speculation. Gonna, I was just gonna say, were, were, was was that a big thing for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I did not see it being Kristen. <laughs> I I kind of remember that. I wasn't I don't believe my, my parents watched Dallas. Yeah. So you know, that summer that that all happened, I kind of remember hearing it. But I was not, um, I definitely wasn't like, I didn't have any skin in the game of who it was. Yeah. Um, but one of those eighties countdown shows thing, uh, I think it was the one with Rob Lowe did. Okay. Yeah. Did like a TV episode and that was like the number one TV moment of the eighties or whatever it was. Um, and According to that show, they they had no clue who it was going to be until like the cast watched right. the episode. Like they had filmed all different people shooting them, mm-hmm. and then decided in the edit who it was going to be. Which I mean, for the eighties, is very progressive. Yes, I mean I just kept everybody guessing and couldn't you know they couldn't spoil it. So yeah, uh, Susan Sarandon is in three episodes. Oh okay. Um, uh, Shania Twain was in this one. Oh. So they're trying to, to, you know, to bridge that reality and Kardashian element. <laughs> um, but I, I think I'm hooked. We'll see what happens. The, the end of the first episode ended up with Trace Edkin, Aiken, what's his name? Trace Atkins. Trace Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, burying a body somewhere. Oh. 
So, you know, that's the big mystery we're going to find out. I can't believe he's acting. Uh, oh, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's only in four episodes. Isn't isn't he a big Trump guy? Oh, yeah. Oh. Which must have been hard being with Susan Sarandon. Because <laughs> I'm sure she put him in his place. I'm sure she did. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, the only character, well, the character who's in it the most is this young Latino girl who uh, her mother arranged an audition with Susan Sarandon and she shows up on the day of the, the memorial. Okay. And you kind of get the feeling that this daughter has some deep connection to the family, you know, illegitimate daughter or, you know, your family stole my family's land kind of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of hooked. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, it may totally go in the trash. Susan Sarandon might be the best thing about it. I was going to say, it could be. It could be. That would suck, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know, it's on Fox, so. <laughs> oh, they'll kill it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, are you getting excited for the Super Bowl? Why? Because the halftime show is going to be Apple now? And you get a free iPhone X, X14? Is that the one that's coming out? Or that's out? Uh, the, I4, the the 14 just came out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that the thing? You, you yeah. get a free one? Yeah. Why? Because it's an Apple tie-in. And because obviously those things don't cost as much as they sell them for. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Rihanna is the uh, performer or the headliner. I've got no interest in that. No? I mean, the halftime show is not for me anyway, so. No, these days, not at all. Yeah, so I'm fine. Like, I'll watch the. I'll watch the, the commercials and then that'll be the little break that I take. Okay. But I mean, it's not like I'm a football fan anyway. You're not? No. You don't follow a team? I don't. The, the New Jersey Devils or was it New York Jets? Okay. The Devils are hockey. I know. <laughs> and the Jets are New York. And the Giants are New York. They just play in New Jersey. Does New Jersey have a football team? No. Ah. Uh, no, losers. but Giants Stadium is in New Jersey, and both them and the Jets, that's their home stadium for some stupid reason. Okay. I guess they didn't have room in New York to build a stadium. I don't know. It was always a point of contention because there was... The school was always split with the sports fans between the giants and the jets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you liked one, you were dicked, you know, from the other team or whatever. I don't, it, it was just bullshit, <laughs> man. It's New Jersey in the nineties in the early nineties. <laughs> Jersey shore and all. Yeah. I mean, I did grow up on the Jersey shore, so mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, but it wasn't at least none of the people that I knew acted like those, fucking knuckleheads 
No. No. Knuckleheads, you're being kind. Well, you know, they were all from New York, so. Well, that's true. You know, they call it Jersey Shore just because the the big thing in the summer is all those people from New York come down and, and you have to put up with them on the boardwalk. Oh, okay. Until they go home on fucking um, uh, Labor, Labor Day. Day. Yeah. Did you ever see the, the reality show? I think it was called Garden State. No. It was about a beauty salon. <laughs> okay. And it was, I mean, it was typical, stereotypical Jersey people. They all had like huge hair and too much makeup and wearing like leopard print and. <laughs> yeah, that's like North Jersey. That's like. Yeah. Um, like Newark and Jersey City and everything that's kind of like across the river from Manhattan kind of always gives off those vibes. Um, okay. But South Jersey, where I grew up, was very much not that. I mean, there it, in the 80s, there was big hair and shit like that. But, I mean, that was everywhere. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still like leopard print and shit up north. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll remember to pack it if I'm ever up north. <laughs> uh, your, your spandex set of... Uh, my leopard print jeans. Leopard print. Yeah. <laughs> my, my gold cowboy boots. No, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I'll be styling. Yeah. I mean, at I'll that point, you might as well just go to New York. Don't even worry about New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is they had an episode where the owner of the salon takes two of her well i won't say her best girls but but two of the women from the the salon to new york for a makeover <laughs> and you know the guy like flattens their hair and changes what they're wearing and redoes their makeup and <laughs> you know because the the owner of the salon is like hoping that she can you know either branch out or get you know a different clientele right and then on their way to meet the owner for dinner here in the back of the cab and they're putting on their leopard print and they're teasing their hair and they show up <laughs> and the expression on her face is like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. Stuff I watch when I'm bored. Yeah. You watch a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just see Post Malone fell through a hole in a stage. I, my kid said to me, did you hear Post Malone fell, fell somewhere? And I was like, no. And that was all I heard about it. Oh, uh, yeah, did, there's video. Did he get hurt? Uh, he had to cancel shows and he ended the show. And it was, it was him like just coming out. <laughs> was this like at the top of the show? No. Okay. Let me see. Oh, Oh yeah, that's like a corrugated stage. That that fucking hurt. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a trap door that um took his microphone down, I guess, or uh, brought his yeah, it must have taken some, and it wasn't closed yet. Okay. And then after that, Tim McGraw fell through a stage. <laughs> Did, so did wait? Did Post Malone break his wrist or something? 
Because he came down hard on that wrist. Uh, he cracked three ribs. Oh, is that what he's holding? Okay. Yeah. And then who who else fell? Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw confetti? No. <laughs> he fell into the crowd? Am I Is that what happened? One? I don't know, but if you go to ranker.com, they have a list of the 30 greatest onstage falls of all time. <laughs> he lost his footing and fell backwards. Oh, that's it? Yeah, and like some of the crowd, I guess, reached out to catch him. But there's like, there's this between the stage and the crowd is like two people deep. Mm. So it's not even like, you know, they could have really caught him. Where am I going now? Ranker? Ranker. Ranker. Ranker stage falling? Stage falls. Yeah, stage falls. The greatest on stage celebrity falls of all time? Harry Styles? Yes. Do we really care about Harry Styles? He's uh, the next big thing, Chris. Apparently. But did you read all those reviews? Oh, the movie is probably horrible. Uh, they said that he's got no business acting. Yeah. They said. Well, we knew that from. Yeah, a lot of uh, things. Well, yeah. But what was the Marvel movie where he played one of the Eternals at the end? In yeah. The cameo? Yeah, the Eternals. Okay. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like they're all falling through the stage, unfortunately. Oh, Katy Perry. I saw, I've seen the Madonna one. Pink. Beyonce. Megan Trainor, Joe Jonas, Marilyn Manson. Rihanna Aerosmith. Oh, that was, was that recently? The Aerosmith? No, that was 2009. Yeah, that was a while ago. Oh, come on. Where does he fall? Oh. <laughs> okay. The Aerosmith one's kind of funny. Where he, he bumps the one guy and the other guy bumps him back and falls <laughs> in the audience face first. Lady Gaga, Shakira, U2. Justin Bieber, Axl Rose. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, when he was doing that weird Johnny movie. Cash. Was it Johnny Cash or was it when he was doing the when he was supposed to be the rapper and he did it for like a year and he had camera crews following him? Oh, I missed that one. It's when he he was on Letterman and he had like the big beard and the long hair. And nope. uh not ringing a bell. No, really? Yeah, and he was doing it for like a film or something. But like he 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 was trying to say like that was the new thing that he was going to be a rapper. I'm surprised you've never seen that. Because like David Letterman was not in on it. Yeah. And so he's confronted with this dude that won't talk to him. 
So at one point, David Letterman is like, gee, I'm real sorry you couldn't be here tonight. And like, Joaquin Phoenix almost breaks character in it. Like, it's it's weird. It's definitely a weird fucking idea. But I don't remember. Uh, let me... Let me look it up. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I'm Still Here is the name of the movie. Mm. But it was it was directed by Casey Affleck. And, oh. and it was supposed to be this like documentary of him changing his careers, but it was all like like actual like nobody knew that it was fake oh okay yeah bizarre yeah he could have been Doctor Strange but he backed out oh well yep But he is doing the the musical sequel to Joker. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. With Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Yeah. Again, I I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's fine, but I don't know. Who knows? Just have to, I guess, play it by ear and see what they do. Maybe it'll be amazing. It Possibly. Maybe, you know, maybe Joaquin Phoenix is on to something and it'll be like this phenomenal movie and Lady Gaga will win awards for it. Ugh. <laughs> You're not a Gaga fan? I don't know. You're not a what? What does she calls her fans? Little monsters. Little monsters. Yeah. I just remember back when she first was being discovered as like one of those New York club kids. Yeah. She was on Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. And she was playing the piano, and she had this weird headpiece that was kind of balanced like a mobile, like it had rings and stuff. And she was trying to keep it from falling off while she's playing the piano. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> but wasn't that the start of like the weird like meat dress and all that yes. kind of shit? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was was it Rosie O'Donnell? No. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, I see what you're saying. There, yeah. There's like gold rings on her face, and she's got like short blonde hair. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, that's just a gimmick. Like, what's that other chick? Sia. 
Oh, with the with the black and white hair and the big bows. Yeah, and it's like down over her face. Yeah. Like all that weird shit. Like it's just to make you stand out. Yeah. Cream always rises. Uh, I don't know about that. I think it's more squeaky wheel gets the worm. Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm mixing my metaphors. Good times. You didn't like her in uh, Star Wars Born? Did you see that? Never saw it. No? Never have, never have any intention of seeing it. Really? Yep. Okay. Just not interested. Fair enough. It's like the third version of that movie. I think we've had enough. <laughs> it's just a, a generational rite of passage, I guess. <laughs> You know, in 10 years' time, when the next group of celebrities comes up, it'll be, hey, we're remaking A Star is Born. Yeah, well, I could see that. It's all good. If you say so. I don't. Okay. Okay. I don't believe it. (laughs) All right, you got anything else for this week? No, I'm tapped out. (laughs) Okay. Gotta go tape up my windows. Oh, yeah, true. Batten down the hatches. That's it. I mean, I don't know how you're going to get all the the Mary Poppins shit off the roof. The big <laughs> ship that you go up there and fire off the cannon <laughs> with. Oh, people think you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. No weapons, no comms, no credit, no nonsense.